Good morning, everybody, and welcome to All Things SR. I hope everybody can hear me this morning. I did remember to hit, I did remember to hit, um, <laughs> to hit start. <laughs> yes. That's probably uh, a good idea. Probably a good idea. You yeah. Know. You know, these little, it's the little things in life. So what can I tell you? <laughs> I don't know. I, were you distracted last week for some reason? I don't think so. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I seem to uh, remember. Um, and for those of you who were with us last week uh, live during the podcast, or if those of you who've listened since last week, um, Pam celebrated her birthday That's at the right. beginning of the month, April 1st. And we had a surprise visit from the man, the myth, the legend, um, SR. Uh, popped in and uh, spent some time with us and uh, wished Pam a happy birthday and surprised surprised me enough where I forgot to hit start (laughs) that she forgot to hit start (laughs) it was was quite quite funny and and quite wonderful so oh lord um, in heaven it was a shock. So if it you was a shock. if you didn't have a chance to listen, um, we encourage you to do so. It, it it really did devolve though. So just a fair warning. It was yes, uh, it, did. it really it was very hilarious. And yes. um, after SR left, when because we were on our best behavior when SR was on, after he left, all <laughs> all hell broke loose. So, and I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, Dahlia saying happiest birthday, Pam. Um, and Welcome. a special good morning, yes, to Valwill777 from Atlanta, from, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. <laughs> I love that town. Love that town. Welcome. Uh, my daughter is actually uh, going to visit friends there next month. So, so happy you could join us Very this nice. morning. And nice. Ashley, superb on. She's writing her novel right now, 11 chapters to go, and it's an updated retelling of Jane Eyre, which is super exciting. I love love the fact that your creative juices are flowing. That's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And good morning to Anna. uh, Or actually, I should say good afternoon to Anna. Uh, No, good morning, Anna, and and good morning, Lori. Good afternoon, Dahlia. Good afternoon, Dahlia. Um, And always good to see... Um, the OG herself, um, Betty, uh, original podcaster for the Gabriel series fan podcast, mm-hmm. along with her partner in crime, uh, Perling. So great to see everybody this morning. Happy April 10th. I mm-hmm. cannot believe we are at April. It's stunning. I really. Know. I know. I know it is stunning. And, and which means that, uh, fairly soon, the um, the uh, they'll be back in Atlanta, finishing up uh, Gabriel's Rapture filming, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah. As SR mentioned last week, he believes they're going to be uh, filming uh, sometime in May. They're hopeful uh, that they're going to be filming sometime in May, which mm-hmm. is super exciting, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
they are, um, SR actually said he was told production will be complete in May, um, mm -hmm. probably ending in Belize. And then after that, Tosca will be filming something else. Um, and he says it sounded like they hope to release at least part of Rapture this fall and start filming Redemption next year. Yep. Um, no start date on the Redemption uh, timeline, which, holy Moses. Can you imagine we're going to get to see some of Rapture at least, if some possible? Some of this year, that'll be great. Oh, my gosh. It, it'll be the part that will... <laughs> Bring us to our knees, and then we'll Absolutely. be waiting. Absolutely. Oh, and don't forget, book. don't that forget May took me 29th, out. May 20, I think it's May 29th or 27th, Passion Flicks will start with, uh, will be premiering Wicked. So, yes, the teaser dropped yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you passionistas who listen to the podcast, uh, the, uh, the, trailer for wicked i'm curious what you guys thought anybody uh seen it anybody had comments on that um i just saw a brief glimpse of it i didn't watch the whole thing val will 777 just hearted so i think uh i think go. there's some fans out there i'm excited i i want to read the book you know that's my thing i i always try to read the book before i watch the mm -hmm the production. So I'm, I'm super excited and looking forward to that. Um, and yes, Lori noted that time is going faster than ever. Dolly said, I'm glad it only gets us closer to all the yummy movies coming on passion flicks. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Ashley's planning on going to Atlanta in September. So you never know nice. um, if you would run into Val will there. Um, Always good to connect with uh people in the, in the community yep yep and anna noted she saw the picture of tosca in atlanta getting her covid vaccine mm -hmm. so very very exciting that is exciting hoping for no side effects from the vaccine is doubt what dahlia noted and I, betty I, said betty said the teaser looked good and dahlia loved it she didn't read the books yet though they're on my next reads same same here dahlia i'm going to read it probably a little bit closer to the uh to the premiere. Um, so probably in a couple of weeks, I'm excited about it. Well, that'll be good. That'll be good. And you know, the, as far as the uh, reactions go, everybody's different. I know the mm -hmm. first, it, depending upon what shot you get, the first one you, isn't too bad. The second one, you get more of a reaction, but as Jeannie Ann once said to me, um, you know, that's when, you know, your antibodies are working. So you're creating them, so it's, which is a good thing. And uh, I know I'm done. I had mine, it'll be officially two weeks ago. So wonderful. I'm now considered fully vaccinated, which is a blessing. That is wonderful. And the more, the more we can, uh, the more we can have uh, the vaccines uh, be distributed and more people can help build immunity, um, yep. the better to keep everybody safe. And I see that KK joined us this KK morning. Good morning, KK. Morning. I'm so glad to see you. Um, and just Dahlia checking says, the chat. Yes. Says that she saw a glimpse of Tink. And she guesses that that adds humor to the story. 
I saw that the little the little mm-hmm. guy sitting there with the wings on. I thought that was. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley said, "Wicked" is on her list in Passion Flicks Audible collection. Mm-hmm. And Lori said, I thought the casting is good and it looked really good to me. Yes, read the book, she said. Tink is one of my favorite characters. So <laughs> that is a ringing endorsement. Lori, yep. I will take you up on that. So very exciting. I, and you know what? The other thing that's super wonderful about the whole um, Wicked experience is the fact that they were finally able, you know, it's great to see these things that kind of got caught up in the COVID um, yes, in the COVID, limbo, uh, the COVID limbo, um, COVID now limbo is moving right. forward. And of course, the second series for Kay Bromberg's uh, driven series crashed. Um, mm. I cannot wait to see that either. Um, very, very exciting. So lots, uh, of, lots of good passion flick stuff to coming up. So we're excited about that. Yes, yes. And anything else uh, to share well, with the SAR? From the SR front, um, he's uh, got a lot of a lot of people are donating DVDs, and he's got a lot of giveaways going on for that. So check his timeline. I think he's got some stuff on Twitter. Um, I think there's some stuff on Facebook in the Fox Den, and I also believe on Instagram. So I think so on Instagram too. Check I think. It out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Karen, Karen added. Um, Austin casting for Wicked and so excited of really great book. Mm-hmm. Betty said the teaser reminded her of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is so <laughs> much fun. Hey, listen, and- I saw the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, and I liked that one. I never did really get into the series, though. Mm. I still, I didn't get to watch much of it, but mm-hmm. it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. And Ashley said she can't wait to get her DVDs in May. So, I did. Um, very hopeful um, about the DVDs. I was on the Passion Flick store page the other day, and mm-hmm. they also are doing another shipment of um, some of the Gabriel's uh, uh, product. I saw um, if you're ordering any of the hoodies, for example, they said they're planning to ship those in May as well, May 11th, I think. So, cool. <laughs> Just a little shout out there. Yes. So, so. I have to see um, what else we got from um, SR. Is it. Uh, the Russian translation of Gabriel's Redemption released on April 7th in Russia. That is very cool. That's and, super cool. Yeah. And he's told that the uh, Spanish and the Italian uh, versions of the first three Gabriel books are out. And uh, that's also nice. Uh, Brazil will be leasing. Re- I can't talk this morning. We'll be releasing. <laughs> And SR is not even on, on so I can't, can't blame that, blame him. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the Man in the Black Suit and Portuguese later will be released later this year. Lots of good stuff going on in the horizon, and he's continuing to work on his new book. Um, I know that the pandemic has uh, been challenging for him, so his writing's been a little bit uneven uh, because of that, but he's making progress, and when I... Tweeted mm-hmm. with him this morning, having a biscotti and coffee. He was going to be writing today. So that's... That's super exciting. Super I'm so exciting. glad to hear that. I cannot wait. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for the news stories. Like, I'm I'm infinitely... Um, the possibilities for what, where this story is going to, to go is uh, kind of yeah. limitless. And yeah. um, 
I'm excited. I know he had noted that it has been challenging, and we talked about that before. Yeah, we talked um, about that last week. Yeah, that it has been challenging during this time. Um, but it seems like he's, uh, he's uh, as of late, has been, um, I've been seeing that I'm writing mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. A, a little bit more, which is super exciting. Really good. And, and yeah. I just saw um, KK had noted uh, regarding the movie that you mentioned. She said that was a great movie. Loved Buffy. Uh, lots of big stars. And her dad loved that movie. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, rem- I saw it in the movie theater. I remember taking my son to it because my son wanted to see it. I, f- I forget when it came out, but I know he was not a teenager yet if I still had to take him to the movie. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And Dahlia um, noted, I get excited whenever SR writes. His words are something to look forward to. And Spanish culture will be reflected in his latest book. That would be incredible. I know. I'm super, I'm super excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) Anna said I'd pre-order SR's new book to come now. (laughs) (laughs) I am with you. I am with you on that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, we're really lucky. We have Gabriel series. We have the Florentine series. We have the man in the black suit. We have these beautiful passion flicks films that really keep uh, that story uh, alive and close, close to our um, close, close up close and at the forefront of our minds. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I'm excited to see where SR takes us next. And also, I'm very hopeful to see more of our more of our favorites. Um, down the line too. Again, mm-hmm. I, I, I've said this before. I would love to see another Nicholas and Acacia story. Oh, that out. would be good. By the way, the Netflix had, um, has this, uh, uh four parts, uh, series on called, this is a robbery. And it's about mm. the Isabella Stewart Gardner museum robbery from, uh, the 1990s, which I know that I think I saw has taken some inspiration from that particular robbery when it was writing the man in the black suit. Uh, that's right. I, I remember that. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's another. That would be something cool to check out. Um, I, as well. I, I I did watch it. I'll be honest with you. It's a little dry and a little, it's re- really a documentary. It's mm-hmm. but it was very interesting to see the cast of characters involved in it with the the security guards and uh, all the people from the FBI and and Boston Police Department that were. Um, doing the investigation work and stuff that they thought they found, but it really wasn't. And it's just, it's very interesting. So if you have a chance and, and uh, you got a couple of hours that you want to uh, look, go ahead and catch it. So, and KK, I see you've got some visitors knocking on your door. And uh, you have a good weekend and enjoy and hope they do surprise your mom. I think that's sweet. That's lovely. Yeah. Oh, have fun. And Ashley's saying uh, Gabriel's Inferno is inspiring. Unexpected kissing for her novel. Boom. Ah, Inspiration boom. fuel. Yeah, I right. love it. I love it. Um, and, and one of the things we, uh, you know, one of the reasons I love SR's writing so much is uh, that some of the themes that he tackles and mm-hmm. some of the um questions and and reflections on humanity Mm -hmm. and I think our chapter that we're discussing today um, 
really is one of the things I really enjoyed a lot about this particular book, Gabriel's Promise. And yes, Betty, the boss is always getting inspiration from the most interesting places. Absolutely. <laughs> that is the truth. Um, so what we wanted to talk about as we go into chapter 20 um, is, and, and the fact through this chapter, we kind of get to explore a lot of different themes on the reality of grief and grieving and mm-hmm. um also, uh, what it's like to to move through that process, um, and also companionship and friendship. And we actually asked SR uh, because chapter twenty begins um, with Richard walking into the kitchen uh, while Rebecca is finishing up uh, after the meal, and he said, "Would you like to join me on a walk?" And we asked SR if Rebecca was surprised by Richard's invitation to join him on a walk. And he said, I'm interested in readers' reactions to Richard and Rebecca, so I don't want to say too much. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of wanted to start the chapter discussion kind of laying that out. SR is interested in hearing what we have to say, and he's kind of putting it out there. So as, yeah. as we go through the discussion... Um, Feel free to add your comments and thoughts on this. And Betty noted, Papa Richard won't say it, but I totally consider this walk a date. <laughs> and, yeah, well, um, it's, it's like saying, would you like to go have coffee with me? Yes. And I said, good afternoon, Monica. So hey, good Monica. to see you. So Richard's walking into the kitchen and just asked Rebecca that. Um, if Rebecca's surprised by the question, she didn't show it. Um, she said she would like that. So she hangs up her apron and smooths down her dress and fixes her hair. Um, and Richard gestures toward the hall and they went out the side door. And, you know, I just, I thought it was interesting that he inserted this chapter where he did. Um, cause they kind of had that. Gabriel and Julia, the whole moment, the whole trying to come to grips with what they're going to do and with the lecture. And then that kind of was resolved. And then he kind of uh, moved into this topic as as that initial piece was resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, so they noted that she was almost as tall as Richard at 5'11 with pretty eyes and a smile Um he situated himself so he was beside the road. And I, I love this part, too. Uh, actually, the before chivalry. we get into the chivalry, I thought was lovely. And he he positioned himself that so he was walking right beside the road. And, and we have a link we'll share with you um, from Modern Gentleman magazine kind of talking about this tradition. And I'm not sure if this is just, um, if this is a, which, tr- which tradition this comes from, like which culture this comes from. Um, but the gentleman, a woman should walk on the left side, the side of the heart. A woman should always walk on the protected side at being left or right. So if, so if she is exposed to some unpleasantness, um, she wouldn't have to be met with it. Um, to avoid the situation, the gentleman 
would be on the right. And I know this is also very old school, um, but I was struck by this when I read it because I had never heard of that before I started dating my husband a million years ago. And he, I remember when we were walking in college at Penn State, he always said, here, let me, let me walk on the uh, side of the street. And I'm like, I don't understand why, you know, nobody had ever done that before. And he said, no, I, I just, I, that's, I was raised, that was the appropriate thing to do, um, you know, in terms of, of just uh, being um, polite. So well, yeah, I thought and, that was very yeah, telling. And not having grown up with brothers, um, I, you know, I, I, I was curious about it. So for the fun of it, I just looked it up on, on Google <laughs> to, to see where SR may have gotten that inspiration, maybe not from Google, but from his reading. So, well, you know, and I, I, I was, I was just very curious. Um, in fact, that might be something, a follow-up question to ask him. Mm -hmm. um, SR, do you do this? Um, <laughs> no, I'm actually, sure he does because I think a lot of it too is somewhat, um, innate as far as because uh, I can remember when my husband and I would walk around he was always you know unconsciously positioning me so I wasn't at the street right right and and so. I'm reading I'm reading the chats here and there's a lot of hearts going on and mm -hmm. Ashley noted at Richard is a gentleman in its purest form Betty has a feeling Paul would do that I agree with you of Betty of course he would um <laughs> Lori said, that is just so sweet. I love that. And Dahlia noted, a true gentleman will always be protective of his woman. Mm -hmm. um, and Betty wondered if Ju Gabriel does the same with Julia. I would, I would venture to say probably yes, because Richard raised him, right? Mm -hmm. yes. um, and, and Gabriel really tries to emulate a lot of what Richard's done, especially in his Richard's watching Richard's relationship with Grace is, he grew up. Um, and Anna noted Richard is an old school gentleman. And um, she also noted that she thinks Richard sees the nurturing qualities he admired in Grace mm -hmm. and Rebecca as well. <laughs> and Ashley loves Richard and Rebecca. She's rooting for them. And Betty noted, if I were Becky, I would apply extra lipstick. <laughs> so, But Anna also mentioned that this could be something from from the old times uh since i'm a yes. i can i can yes to protect the from times. the road dirt and i yeah. you know what my husband mentioned that that is something i i didn't remember it until you said that he said about you know if there were puddles or things like that if if some splash would happen it would hit the man and not the woman and it was a way of showing care and kindness and consideration for um and, and the lady and considering before indoor plumbing, people would throw their pots out the window in right. the street. Right. You don't want to be directly uh, under that either. <laughs> this is true. Um, <laughs> and, and Dahlia noted, you know, it also shows in everything from opening doors, walking down the street on the outside, opening mm -hmm. car doors, et cetera. It's always putting the woman first emotionally and physically. Um, and <laughs> yes, everybody agrees that Paul would uh, be doing the same. And Dahlia yes. agrees that Paul is classic. Mm -hmm. And um, Ashley needs a Richard and Rebecca novel. <laughs> uh, Gabriel would definitely do this for Julianne, Anna noted. And 
I guess if Paul did this, Betty said, I would totally spoon. I think it's interesting, though, because I, I think in this day of, you know, of the Me Too movement, of, of women really showing that they need to be treated as equals, I, I, I've often gotten into the discussion about is this kind of traditional chivalry or this traditional kindness um, antiquated or is it patriarchal? And I still think, no, I think it's more of a shy, uh, I, I feel like it's, I more, it's more of a chivalrous. symbol of, um, I feel like it's a respect um, and a kindness and trying to show um, appreciation and caring for the other person. Um, and of course, I I'm, one of, I'm one of those people where I grab I, I, the I need door to, I need to... automatically. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know, I do too. And when somebody I mean, I, says, I'll get that, I'm like, oh. But I, I think know. it's kindness. I think it's, um, and maybe it's the way it's presented by the person, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think it's the way, if it's at, as a, out of a consideration or a kindness, it's one thing. If it's out of, wait, you need to do this. If it's mm-hmm. more of a dictatorial approach, right. then probably not. So I don't know. I, I, I might have to engage this in this discussion with my daughters to see what their perspective is, because it's it, it, it's very interesting to see um, different perspectives from different mm-hmm. age groups. Most so, definitely. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it shows caring. And um, Betty says, I always end up opening doors for other people. I haven't seen gentlemen opening doors for ladies. Well, I think, yeah, I, I, I've seen both. I have to say, I've seen both. Lori says, I've always tried to reinforce this in my sons. They hold the door, ladies first, etc." cetera. Um, and Dolly said, that's a shame, Betty. I, I think I've seen, you know, I've seen people, I've seen people hold doors for each other out of kindness. Betty, it does not surprise me that you would end up opening a door for other people because you're a very mm-hmm. kind person. Um, Monica says, I do it all the time. Elder people go first through the door. My guests go first. I never go first. Well, I, I think you hit a good point as well, Monica, in terms of respecting uh, people who are older. Um, I think that is, I feel like that translates uh, through all the cultures it does. Um, that, I'm, that I'm aware of, you know, really trying to help and show care to those who've come before us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I love the fact that he included that it's such a tell on Richard's character. Yes. And I think that's a really great way that SR demonstrated um, and built his character by, by that, that simple action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, Lori says it's another form of kindness, always a good thing. Absolutely. So, so they entered out into, um, entered out into the night, or I should say into the afternoon. Um, There were still no signs of fall, even though it was September. The air was warm in the cul-de-sac, and even though the houses were close together, it was very, very quiet. So you can see this beautiful, picturesque fall afternoon in Boston. And um, as I see, uh, Dahlia also noted, respecting elders is important, and I guess it starts from our parents and how they raise us, and I totally agree with that. very true. Very true. Um, 
And, you know, as they started to walk through this kind of picturesque, it's so idyllic, the, the setting that he paints. Um, Richard had asked if she had always lived in New England. And Rebecca told him that, yes, her family was from Jamaica Plain. But when she married her husband, they moved to Norwood and that he had passed away 20 years ago. Richard was truly sorry for her loss. And uh, Rebecca continued on that her husband had been a good man. And when he passed away, her mother had moved in with her and her son. And she cared for her mother until she passed away. And that, as we all remember, is when Gabriel had hired her. Um, that Gabriel had hired her a few months after that. And um, I, Dahlia had noted also that one thing I appreciate for sure about my parents is entailing those key social etiquette manners that show kindness and respect for others, as in, instilling um, those key social etiquettes. And Betty says, I can picture their walk and the birds chirping in the background. I can too. He mm -hmm. really paints. I, I say that all the time. He does paint a I picture. Love, I love the way he creates his settings. It's beautiful. And we actually had a couple questions for him regarding the settings. Um, is the foster place cul-de-sac a real location in Boston? Um, Gabriel's house in Cambridge is a real house on a real street. So take note, all those of you who like to go do pilgrimages um, around uh, SR stories, um, Pam and I included. Mm -hmm. um, You'll be able to look the place up online. It's near Longfellow's house in Cambridge, and it is a historic home. Um, SR actually said um, he sent photos of the home to Tosca when she was researching locations. So um, very, very cool. I think if you Google, you can probably Google that um, on yeah, well, Google you can, Earth. You well, can look yeah. it up on Google Earth. Um so it's a real house on a real street, which I think is really fun. Um, Asher says, guess, loves how SR does that and sets the picture in my mind. And Dahlia didn't realize that. So, yes, the foster place cul-de-sac is a real location in Boston. Location. And if I'm not mistaken, a couple of years ago, maybe about three years ago, somebody had uh, been in Boston and had taken pictures of the house. I, I remember seeing that out but there. I, and I was looking for them and I couldn't find them. So, but it's, uh, it is really out there. And I just put in the chat room the question and answer so you can get some, because um, the Longfellow House, and the Longfellow House is really well known as well. So you can even look that up and get a sense of the neighborhood. And of course, Gabriel would live in a neighborhood where. Absolutely. Um, Longfellow, near Longfellow's house. It's very, After very all, good. he did one of the uh, translations of the Divine of Comedy. Of the Divine Comedy. And in fact, I read a great book um, and now I'm by Matthew Pearl around mm -hmm. Longfellow while he was, and his, it was a murder mystery set with the backdrop of uh, that whole translation and the whole... Um, the whole camaraderie of the people around Longfellow at the time. And I'm blanking on the name of the book, but Matthew Pearl wrote a really good uh, mystery uh, around that neighborhood, frankly. And so I, I also think um, uh, little women was written around that area because I think uh, Louisa May Alcott or Joe March as it, the character uh, lived near the Longfellow house as well. When she, 
she was writing the book because they were a part of a transcendentalist movement and I think believe he was as well. <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> Betty says, I wonder if there are real flamingos in the front yard. And then Anna says, I'm sure those homeowners are freaking people leaving plastic flamingos in their yard. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope that us, our fans, would be very respectful and kind and not do that. Um, I could see someone posing with a flamingo in front of the property, but not actually leaving it there for the owners to wonder what the heck has gone on. Mm -hmm. um, that's really funny. Um, the other question we asked SR about the setting um, of the story is actually how and why did you select Norwood and Jamaica Plain as part of... Uh, Rebecca's background um, were you conveying elements of her character via those locales and he said yes I had Rebecca come from Norwood as a way of telling the reader about her I like Norwood dot 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 and Pam I was going to ask if you wanted to share a bit about Norwood I would love to since I lived on Walpole Street in Norwood Massachusetts when I was a little girl uh, the town of Norwood was originally founded in 1872 as part of Dedham known as the mother of towns. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and it was for, it was as 14 of the present communities of Eastern Massachusetts lie. It's in original borders. Wow. It's, it was so that's, that's, to, an, that's an old town for American very old town, standards. Very old town. That's, that, that's nothing compared to any place in Europe, but Absolutely. in terms, in terms of, uh, uh USA history, um, mm -hmm. that's, it's a very young town. Yeah. <laughs> The, a lot of Native Americans uh, used that to uh, use Norwood as a hunting ground. It was uh, first settled by Ezra Morse, 1678, if you need to know the date. Wow. Uh, um, uh, during the American Revolution, there, were, there was a Minuteman company organized in the area. Its captain was Aaron Guild. And uh, on learning that the British were marching on Lexington and Concord, which is also not far within that whole area. It's also, okay. it's also the north side of Boston as opposed to the south side of Boston, uh, where the, if you, if you see that, it, it is a robbery special. They call from Dorsey or Dorchester. <laughs> Southie. Um, Abraham Lincoln passed through the town. Uh, on his pre-inaugural tour of New England. And they've got a beautiful old mansion there called the Oakview Mansion. And it uh, was built by Francis Olney Winslow. And it took about two years to complete. It was a scene where most of the constant socializing happened at the time and was prominent figures that hosted were President and future Supreme Court Justice William Howard Taft and Calvin Coolidge. Little American history, and again, as I said, I was a little girl. I lived on Walpole Street. I love it. I love it. So, so it's a town steeped in history. It's mm -hmm. a town um, that really was uh, traditionally um, agricultural, and then became um, industrial somewhat. Yeah, and, and it's now basically uh, a, a suburb of uh, Boston. But they had some great ponds. They learned how to ice skate, or at least attempted to learn how to ice skate on one. Oh, wow. I was it just in my seems like a very car accident in that town when I was oh, God. It seems like <laughs> a very dashboard. idyllic type of place in terms of yeah. um, 
a, a really lovely place to grow up and mm-hmm. learned how you know. to play, twirl a baton. I didn't know you twirled a baton, Pam. You're holding out I on me. I did at one point. I did at one point. I haven't done it for a long time, but yes. Yeah, I did. I was a majorette. Mm-hmm. I did baton twirling too. I think that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I learned how to throw it in the air, catch it, and continue twirling and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, mm-hmm. as you do with baton. So, I could have been in the Miss America pageant and been a baton twirler. <laughs> <laughs> Another chapter for your book, Pam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, no, I think that's, that's, um, again, I'm, I'm glad he gave us a little insight into. Yeah. into his his selections and I love the fact that he likes that area um so mm-hmm. I know next time I go to Boston I'm going to be checking out a lot of the sites that he mentioned in the book yeah that, that's a definite uh, and uh, maybe I'll find the house I lived in because it was I know it was part of the um underground railroad during uh when the uh slaves were, re- were fleeing to the south to come north so. Oh, that's cool. Very yeah. cool. So, so, you know, Richard acknowledged the loss of uh, Rebecca's mother, you know, that in, and how much he appreciated the way she looked after Gabriel, Julia, and Claire, now Claire. And one of the earlier comments, um, meant, it might have been Betty, mentioned that um, she, he liked, she likes the way Richard is so appreciative of Rebecca because of Rebecca's Rebecca's caring nature. And yes. It's very much like Grace. Yes. So. I think that um, was a great observation, Betty. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think that's spot on. Mm-hmm. And 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 she is caring for his precious beloved family and his grandchild. So um yeah, you know, and- it, it makes a lot of sense. And, I, you know, I can see Rebecca because, you know, being that nurturing because, you know, her son has now moved out to Colorado. Her children are grown and left the nest, basically. Mm-hmm. Daughter lives in Sacramento, California. And so she rented out her house and just moved in with Gabriel and, and uh, the family. But now Gabriel's also looking for an apartment for her that's close to the close to Cambridge. Um, eventually she says she's, you know, they'll, they'll need their own space. And he, he, Richard was, was appreciative of that fact. Uh, so Rebecca says, says, and what do you do for a living? (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you know, are you a professor? And he said, yes, that uh, Mm -hmm. he taught biology at Susquehanna University and, but retired when, when Claire had, or when Grace had passed away. Uh, Rebecca was sorry now and uh, made sure to make eye contact with him when he was saying that. It just to show the sincerity. Um, and then when he retired from Susquehanna, he took a research position in Philadelphia so he could be closer to his son Scott and daughter, but he never saw them. They're young, they were never around. I can mm-hmm. understand that. But he also missed the house that he had shared with Grace. So he, you know, left the research position and went back to Salem's Grove. And, and he's now teaching a course as a professor emeritus at uh, Susquehanna. Susquehanna. And, uh, you know, so Rebecca, Rebecca understands this. I mean, you know, I think once you reach a certain age and, and you're in the position they both are, you there there's a lot of understanding that comes with time and caring and and uh, remembrances 
So. I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think she has the perspective as well, since mm -hmm. she had gone through um, so much of the, the child raising and the kids growing mm -hmm. and leaving the nest, so to speak. Um, and I think for her as well, she, as a caregiver, mm -hmm. she, uh, by nature, you know, it, it's apparent she's a caregiver by nature. And now that she's taking um, uh, care, essentially helping out uh, the Emerson family, um, you know, I think Anna made a great point. Julianne has Rebecca as a pseudo mother. And I sure. think that's very true. And I think it's a, a symbiotic relationship that both of them enjoy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, being in somewhat the same position that Rebecca and Richard are in, it's um it's it's comforting to walk with somebody who can understand what you're doing and what, where you're going in, in your life and how 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 you're getting there. So, mm -hmm. But yeah, so she uh, but she couldn't bring herself to sell the house in Norwood, and uh, but she knows eventually she will. And you know it's tough. There there are a lot of things that um, when you go through, especially after you losing a spouse. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's three months ago or. 20 years ago, there are things that you, that you treasure and you don't want to get rid of them because of, of those reasons. And unfortunately, sometimes they get lost or they, you do have to, you know, let them go. So as a, um, I remember my, my husband had given me a, a tennis bracelet on, I guess, our, I forget what anniversary it was. And uh, I always wore it, and it always the class boys broke on it, so I was always having it fixed. And mm -hmm. I remember the last time wearing it, I had I was going to the manicurist to get my nails done, and ran into some friends. We were talking. I went in, had the nails done, came home, and the bracelet wasn't there. And oh. a friend of mine said, "Well, it's meant a time for you to let go," and that was one of the things. So. That's a pretty profound statement, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I've seen, I've seen people that I've known who've lost spouses, in particular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen it it both ways. I, I've seen, I've seen family. I've seen people treasure the house because it holds those memories, the physicality mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. house, you can look over and think of this time or that time. I've also known people who, as part of their healing, sell the house. You mm -hmm. know, they, they will kind of wrap up their memories and keep their memories because that, that's what they can bring with them wherever they go and it's held in their heart. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, 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 a, it's a tricky, delicate balance. Oh, and, big you time. know, big time. Um, and the fact that and the fact that she had that um, empathy because she understood that, you know, she herself, you know, Richard moved back to his house because he was missing the house. He was mm -hmm. missing mm -hmm. um, that rem the remembrances, that physical reminder of their, their relationship. And their life together. She, she also couldn't bring herself um, to sell her home in Norwood. And Lori had said uh, what you had noted, Pam makes her really sad and she's really sorry no, no, so that, that, thank you Wade. you know it's, it, these things happen 
and you know you just you, you do what you got to do to move on yeah move and, and for- betty move said forward actually yeah move forward I, we had that discussion before and i think that's an interesting mm-hmm. way to look at it it's not like you're moving on you're just moving forward you're progressing mm-hmm. you are continuing on your life journey and mm-hmm. bringing along all the goodness of of yeah, yeah. remembrances past. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. and you know, for me, um, I, I can, I could see myself in a relationship like Rebecca and Richard said, we're good mm-hmm. friends and maybe even some good friends with benefits, but, um, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, Pam. Well, too much. Too, yeah. True. That's the reality. Let's yes, let's be honest. Reality. That is mm-hmm. that is a reality. Um, I was just I and I saw Betty's uh, comment. She said, "Me like Rose from the Titanic. I'll never let go." Well, and, unless unless you see how blue <laughs> Jack is <laughs> while she's holding on to him, never letting go. <laughs> this is true. And uh, Anna said, "Grief is very individual and involves mm-hmm. continually." Absolutely. 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 And, and I think, you know, as, as the story continues, um, at this point, you know, she, Rebecca had acknowledged that she couldn't bring herself to sell the home yet, but she will eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, Richard's uh, handsome face looked weary, and he asked if she would mind if he asked her a question. And I'm, I'm seeing some of these other good comments that I didn't want to miss here, Val. Notice, cherish the memories, mm-hmm. which is very true because they they will carry you through. That's true. Lori said, "You need a Richard Pam." Richard which, is um, one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And as a widow, um, Anna says she completely understands Pam, um, which mm-hmm. is true. And Anna, I'm sorry mm-hmm. um, I'm for sorry your loss on that. It's that. hard stuff. Um, and but Ashley, Ashley said, doesn't think. Richard would go yeah, be, ha, go for friends with benefits. with benefits, Pam. I don't know. I actually, I don't know. I, I he, it's too early in his his grieving. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because sometimes uh, there are sometimes after a spouse dies, you know, or a significant other, you tend sometimes some people tend to jump run jump into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And some people don't, um, you know, and some and some people have friends who they've become very emotionally attached to, mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I, I, I could see Richard having not maybe not a friend with benefits, but maybe another companion or even a spouse. I mean, Grace will always be with him, and and any woman who gets into a relationship with him would know that. That's so. right. Well, and it is, as Anna had noted earlier, it's very, it's a very personal thing and everyone approaches mm-hmm. that situation differently. Totally. So, um, Richard asked if she would mind if he asked her a question and she said, not at all. And this, this just, it hurt my heart when he asked, does it get better? And it's, you can just feel his pain through those words, right? His eyes were in earnest. Rebecca knew what he wanted to hear. 
she had wanted to hear the same words as well after mm-hmm. her husband passed away. You want to hear that time heals and that grief disappears. <clears throat> and she said that she would be honest and that grief does not go away. You miss the person because you love them. You miss their company. Her husband died 20 years ago and she misses him every day. And every night she's, and every night, truthfully, she said very ruefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pain lessens over time. But it is a process, and there's a ton of chat chatter going here, so I, I want to catch that before we continue on. Um, Lori said, Richard would court if you all know what that means. <laughs> True. And Anna had said it's been six years since her husband passed, so it's still the process, right? Um, it is. I mean, uh, my husband's been gone <clears throat> 21 years. I, yeah. I, it is a process that you, you know, it does, it does get less raw as, as, it, as time goes on. So mm. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And, and Val said, I'm sorry for the loss of a spouse for those who were blessed to be married at 53. I do not know if I will ever find someone to share these memories with, but I am hopeful. And Never I think it's good ever. to be hopeful. Um, my, I have a friend who just, um, really kind of found her significant other and she's in her early fifties as well, Val. So you never know. My, um, and you never know school. what to expect when, when that will happen too. Mm-hmm. I have a good friend <laughs> from high school that got married for the first time five years ago. Mm. She was 60. She married a widower with uh, three girls and four grandchildren. So. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So it happens. So, you know, Mm-hmm. I, I I just look at it that way. And um, Betty had wondered if Papa Richard would ever get on the love boat. <laughs> Betty, you always make me laugh. I love it. But I think the point being, if he'll ever love again, and you'll have to see. You know, mm-hmm. Anna notes that she always says it gets less raw, mm-hmm. and I think that's a great Absolutely. way to describe that. Um, a singles cruise for Richard, Ashley noted. Mm. Um, poor Richard and Becky. Yeah. <laughs> um, after we- reading one of the trilogy books, Val said, there was a brief chapter of Richard and Grace. I would like to see that in a book. Yes, I, there have been a lot, of, there's been a lot of discussion, Val, about mm-hmm. that possibility of having SR write uh, Richard and Grace's story. It would be beautiful. It would be. And Lori notes, it's never too late for love. And Betty notes, she's still waiting for Paul. Yes, Betty. And you will. And, and He's worth will. the wait. And you will. And will. <laughs> He'll come along. Paul will come along. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, and Dahlia has to leave. She loved joining today. We'll have to leave. Take care and have a great weekend. Thank have you, Dahlia. Have a great Dahlia. weekend. Hope you um, find he'll... some uh, uh, flamingos Flamingos. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> flamingos in Egypt. I don't know, but we'll see. You never know. You never Amazon, know what will show Amazon, up. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Um, so as we go, um, you know, going back to the story, um, I, I think her candor was probably incredibly appreciated. You know, mm-hmm. the fact it, it doesn't go away. Um, but the pain lessens over the time and it truly is a process. And mm-hmm. I think anyone who's lost a loved one 
in whatever role and whatever relationship can, can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard had been hoping that she would tell him it would get better. And she placed a comforting hand on his arm saying that some things get better, but the grief is still there. And she also told him that she found a second family with his children and she can read the books in Gabriel's library, make mm-hmm. her favorite family recipes and now help Julia with the baby. It made her feel good to be needed because she now has a role and a purpose. And I thought that was very telling and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anna noted, I don't wear my real wedding band. Those are saved for my youngest son. But I wear a sapphire band that Alan had given me and a sapphire necklace that was his last Christmas gift to me, which I oh, think is very that's, beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think that's so kind of you to save mm-hmm. the bands for your son. I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's really special. Um, as Lori said, that's very, that is precious mm-hmm. and it is. Um, so after hearing that Richard stuck his hands in his pockets and said, yes, you know, he agreed. It is good to be needed. And Rebecca tried to assure him that his children need him in some ways to be both parents. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult. And I, I thought that was very telling, but very true. You know, both Julia and Gabriel had um, very unconventional early childhoods, especially. And I think they were drawing upon Richard as providing, kind of being that overarching parent figure um, in some ways. Obviously, Julia still had her father as well, but... Um, you know, trying to fill the void for grace was Mm -hmm. challenging and difficult. Um, And life won't be the same, she said, but it can still be a good life. Mm -hmm. Spending time with family and friends are important, and he agreed. And um, they continued to walk in silence, and then Richard spoke. Thank you, Rebecca. She said it was her pleasure and that she was only a phone call away. And I love that. I love that recognition. Um, You know, I think Richard probably didn't realize how much he needed to talk to someone about this who had experienced it. And I think having Rebecca there as a sounding board was very helpful. As Anna noted, Rebecca is a true caregiver. That is is her personality and the role she has assigned to herself. And that's true. And, And this is her, you know, offering offering that she would be a phone call away as it was such a great gift, I think to him. And he said he liked, he really liked that. And he, he realized he spent too much time alone and he noted there were days, even weeks that he didn't even leave the house after, or she noted there were days and even weeks that she didn't leave the house after her husband died. And she just did not go anywhere. She didn't want to go out. She didn't want to deal with anybody. And he bobbed his head in agreement and then looked him in the eye and then Rebecca looked him in the eye and asked, uh, could I give you some advice, widow to widower? And he gave her the okay and she told him to give himself some time. You know, whether you decide to marry again or not, take it slow. Build a friendship with a woman. Too many jumps into a full rela- too many people jump into a full relationship too fast and it's disastrous because they find they have nothing in common. And I think that 
I, I, I do think that's really good advice. And, and Richard, advice. Richard acknowledged that. Um, his old friends in Sealands Grove were trying to get him to sign up for a dating website. And they told him that was the way the young people do it. Um, and, you know, I think there was a lot to unpack in this past, you know, the, this inner, this discussion. Um, and I think one of the things is the fact that you do have to give yourself time. I think mm -hmm. you also do have to recognize that you do need to reach out to people, but you have to do it in your own time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it is yeah. understandable that he wouldn't want to really go out and talk to people or she wanted to stay in her house and not really do anything. Uh, stay in your house and read or watch TV or binge watch or, you know. Yeah. I think, I think there is a, a, a lot of that that happens with some people. Um, I mean, I've seen, I, I have a friend now who, well, she's not a widow. She is divorced and mm. you know, her thing is she does she she doesn't want to date anybody she doesn't want to see anybody she's grieving her relationship basically is what it is and yeah and uh understandably I, yeah and <clears throat> you know that that's also a form of losing the spouse's a, a divorce and it, it's very hard for her so she tends to she tends to watch um, Gabriel's Inferno every day, every mm -hmm. night, you know, which is <laughs> fine, which is fine. She's she's obsessive about it, but um, but you know, she she does she'll go out to the grocery store because she's go to the grocery store, but she won't meet up with old friends for lunch or you know dinner or whatever. Mm. You, you know, this was pre COVID. Um, and uh, so it, it's hard, you know, and, and you, you can't you can't put yourself into that cocoon either, which is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, that some of the themes in this chapter is the fact that this whole thing is a process and mm -hmm. grieving is a process and recognition that it never fully goes away. Sometimes the pain lessens mm -hmm. um, and the, the advice about you know, about being kind to yourself and giving yourself time, I think mm -hmm. is really, I think that's, it's really, um, telling. And, and I think it's very, very wise and, and taking it slow going into relationships. Um, mm -hmm. but everybody, everybody has a different perspective. They do. Um, and, and, and online being, dating, I absolutely agree with Rebecca. <clears throat> Don't go into mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they told me. him, well, I, and again, I think with online dating, I've known people who've, uh, my friend I referenced, actually connected with this man she's involved with um, through online dating. And mm -hmm. it's been a wonderful, um, a wonderful experience for her. I've also had friends who've had horrific experiences. And, you know, for Richard, um, he, he noted that young people live their lives online. They're always connected to a device. And um, he's like, we think... You should take dating advice from them, <laughs> and uh, as as Rebecca noted, and, and Richard's like, yeah, good point. I agree. Mm -hmm. And um, Rebecca did not want to go back to the days of matchmakers either, you know, um, which I loved. I loved her going from you know 
SR kind of doing this commentary of the online dating, like the very current trends to mm -hmm. um, really the, the very old tradition of matchmaking. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she's being, being that fourth rate New Englander. She's like, I can pick my own damn husband. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Richard laughed and dared anyone to tell her otherwise. Damn straight. And Absolutely. Rebecca laughed with him. And as Betty says, there's no Tinder for Papa Richard. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I, ha I have a feeling that Papa Richard still has a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that would be a good character tell, wouldn't it? Yes. Um, Richard did agree with her that someone to talk to and have dinner with and having these things are important. Having friends and having family. And... Um, in fact, Anna noted she was she is lucky to have her three sons that live so close and she's mm -hmm. involved in their lives and families, plus two grandsons that she would take uh, that she would move the world for uh, and a hockey family that is like no other. So, mm -hmm. you know, that that really is a testament to the idea of, of living your life and being present and, and enjoying the company of others and taking care of those that you love and Anna noted, too, that she thinks divorce is harder because the relationship ended poorly and there is the probability of seeing the other person happy with someone else. And, and I think that's a really interesting perspective. You know, I, I, I agree with you in, in one sense because, you know, with the passing of someone, that is part of the circle of life, right? That is an inevi mm -hmm. inevitability, whereas the divorce is is the breaking of a relationship for whatever reason. And, and that's, it's a sadness. And that is, mm -hmm. uh, it's understandable that people definitely grieve the loss of that relationship and that challenge of seeing someone with another person. Um, and depending on what point of the journey um, is, that's where they are. So and Val is noting, I've enjoyed being here with you this morning. As I sit at the hair salon, I feel as if I'm sitting with my aunties, play sisters, friends, and mother <laughs> figures. You ladies are my newfound group to learn from in life. It is so nice having a no messiness group of ladies to interact with weekly. Thank you. Thank uh, plus, you, as y'all think like me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you have made my week. That That's is such a great nice. comment. Thank you. We are so glad to have you join us and please come as much as you can join us live. But if not, you can always listen to the broadcast That's and, true. and you know, we're all out on social media. So we're only, oh. a, a, only a tweet or a message away. That's very um, true. And you know, the SR gives us so much to talk about, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, and the community he, that's grown around his work has been beautiful and a, a true blessing. I've, I've said that before. Mm -hmm. um, as Lori noted, uh, we are glad you were here, Val Will. It is a wonderful community. And she is Cheryl from Twitter. So good to well, meet you, Cheryl, from Twitter. Good to see you. I'm so glad you um, could join us today, Cheryl. From Atlanta, the hot mm -hmm. Atlanta, uh, part of the uh, southern U.S. Um it's, it's, this chapter is really great. And I, I love the fact that Richard kind of was getting 
having having a confidant, having someone to share um, and learn from um, during this hard time in his life. And and he decided, you know, he decided he needed not to be in his cocoon, as you put it, Pam. And Mm -hmm. so he asked if he could take Rebecca to dinner and she thought a moment and then said yes. But she'd have to make arrangements with his children. And Richard said he thought that they could get along without him. Um, but grinningly, without her, and but grinningly, she said she had her doubts. They it's smiled at date. each other and then the went on date. their walk. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I think he enjoyed the conversation so much he wanted to continue it. Obviously. And, and Betty's right. Uh, Richard does need more friends. And, but I think it's... I think it's special that they've connected in such a way, and and I think it's helpful for both of them. Um, I think so too. It can be. I think it's healing in a way, mm-hmm. and the fact that their mutual connection is the fact that they care for this beautiful family, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and that they've gone through this 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 life uh, process, this life stage that is really really tough and difficult and um so they do have commonality um Mm -hmm. just through some experiences um and i you know i i i I take us back to the beginning and i know we're a little bit over our hour Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i just take us back to the beginning um was rebecca surprised and um SR is interested in readers' reactions to Richard and Rebecca, and he doesn't want to say too much. So no. I think it's beautiful. I think it's I a, really I think it's do. A, I, I think it is a beautiful relationship, and I think that possibly that it could blossom into something more. Right. Well, if, and I think, I think, I think, you know, some of that groundwork was laid by Rebecca saying, giving him the advice that you should start with being friends with the person and not jumping in too fast. And mm-hmm. Betty says, I wonder if Becky will start buying a new wardrobe and start wearing high heel shoes. <laughs> I doubt she'll start wearing high heels. No, I, I doubt that too. Um, I think she's too practical for that. Um, and, and she has too much to do uh, caring for the Emersons to do that. But mm-hmm. you never know, maybe she'll slide on some heels if she, uh, goes out and has dinner with Richard sometime. You never well, I, know. I, she might buy a new dress, but I, I you know, I'm 5'11". I don't, and I'm not, uh, Richard's, I, I forget how tall he is. But at 5'11", she really doesn't need heels. <laughs> true. True. Unless she just wants to be fierce. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If she if she's a woman that's around uh, of a certain age as Richard, I doubt that heels are that comfortable mm-hmm. anymore. This is true. I totally agree. Um, I, I, I think it would be, I, I'm, I could, I definitely could see this going either way. I could see them remaining really good friends and bolstering Mm -hmm. each other. Um, I could see them coming together, you know, and, and, you know, I, there's always been this discussion about soulmates, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if there's only one person in the world for you, and I know a lot of people believe that, I, because of what I've seen with, with people who have lost their partners in life and have gone on to find another partner, I don't know if we're limited to one soulmate. I really feel like there are a couple special souls that you can connect with. 
That's kind of my approach to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe this is something. Would it be the same as the relationship with Grace? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a very special treasured relationship. This would be something different and new and special Mm -hmm. to them if it would go that route. Um, And uh, yeah, Lori said, I love how you uh, think, Betty, maybe Richard and Becky could join a dance club, she said, (laughs) which is true. You know, Mm -hmm. finding new common Mm -hmm. interests could be fun. And Anna was saying that her husband had been very ill for about eight years and they were able to care for him at home mostly. And uh, he was on dialysis three times a week. So was my dad at one point. Yeah. Um, And then a fall and had to be in care and bottomed out on dialysis. So they gave him a DNR and, uh, but uh, her oldest 29 year old read his chart and looked at him, looked at her and said that, she, you know, they have to let him go. Um, and that's that we didn't want Ellen to die on the machine. And uh, her son is now a nurse and manages the dialysis center at 35. That's beautiful. It really yes. is, Anna. Uh, and your son, what strength for him. I, that's mm-hmm. really difficult when you're a caregiver and you're, you know, but you mm-hmm. know, it's it's all in what is best for ultimately the person who's ill and it's it's just it's such a hard situation and I'm so sorry that you had to go through it I really am it's 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 heart-wrenching um it's caring for caring for someone on a long-term basis who is ill is very very difficult and for eight years I commend you because it's mm-hmm. um, caregiving is 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 a gift, but it's also very very um, taxing. Yes. So um, and and it's it's such a lovely thing, and the fact that you were able mm-hmm. to take care of him at home for so long is is also a gift. So, as Lori Absolutely. noted, thank you for sharing. Your son is brave, and I think it's so beautiful that he also now has gone on and is now managing a dialysis center, um, something that he was so closely involved with firsthand with having your husband on dialysis. Um, I think that's, you know, it's such a gift of your son to give back mm-hmm. um, really, really. And, of course, that speaks to you and how you raised them. So you know, my, my sister's a hospice nurse, and she's now in charge of a group of hospice nurses, but when she start, I remember when she started out, and that's such a gift to be able to be there for and, and allow a person who is very ill to be to remain at home, or if they can't remain at home, in a place where they, you know, hospice is there. Uh, but um, you know, it, it's it's a blessing in many ways to be able to do that. So. It really is, really, really is. And again, you know, with, with these, um, this chapter, you know, and this is why last week I was like, let's, let's talk about this chapter. Uh, let's save it till this week because there's, there's so much to it. And it's, it's such a great reflection of Mm -hmm. SR's writing, his compassion, his, his meditations on, on grief and grieving and relationships. Um, 
it's it and yes as Lori noted um in terms of Anna uh, Anna's story it is a gift it takes a special person and actually that might have been referring to your sister um and her role as hospice as I read that too um in both cases it's true it does take a special person to go through um and care for others like that mm-hmm. so I just um again this is uh, this was a really special chapter. I'm glad SR wove this storyline in because um, it does kind of answer some of those questions that were hanging out from mm-hmm. the prior three books, you know, you know, from the first moment, from chapter, you know, the first chapters of Gabriel's Inferno, we know that this has happened, this loss mm-hmm. of this beautiful soul, um, of this beautiful person. And... I'm glad that he picked up this theme of what's happening now with the Grace and Richard story and what happens with Richard and how he's grappling with that. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about Richard and Rebecca. Um, and, and to Cheryl's point about having a, uh, having a story, but the, you know, reading the Richard and Grace story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By all means, sign me up. Absolutely. SR has lots of writing to do all the stories we want him to write. There's so many, right? That's exactly um, we're just lucky right. that he's, we're just lucky when he, um, when he shares his gifts with us. So very happy. Mm-hmm. And Betty noted, I have a feeling if Julia had died after giving birth to Claire, Gabriel would be the same as Richard. I don't think he would ever remarry again. I, th- I think with Gabriel, you may be right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I could see Richard. I, I could see Richard remarrying. I, I have to say, I... I don't know. I think never say never, even with Gabriel. And I know that's probably not a popular opinion. I feel like if something would have happened to Julia, it would have been some, an extraordinary circumstance and it would have been down the road. It would not have been immediate, but if it was the right person and you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know, even you though know, I think he would, he would be so guarded and I think he would have been so, he would have been so blocked off from having that vulnerability again. I think I, I would never want to read that story, Betty. I just have to no, say I, that. I, I don't, I wouldn't either. Yeah. So um, anyway. <clears throat> yeah. As Cheryl agreed. She said, oh my, I don't want to think of Julia or Gabriel dying. Me neither, Cheryl. Me neither. <laughs> Give them a break, Monica said. They need to be happy, LOL. They do. They do, especially Paul and Betty. Yeah, um, that's why I said never. <laughs> that's why I said never say never. No, don't apologize, Betty. I think it's a good point. And I think the way Gabriel's written, I do agree. I, I'm inclined to say he wouldn't remarry because of how he feels and, and how that connection was so strong. Um, I just, the hopeful romantic in me always says never say never, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anna noted that she always tells her son that he has the excellent medical knowledge, but his knowledge of the family piece is priceless. Absolutely. Very, very true. You can be book smart medically, but if you don't have that bedside manner or that understanding of interpersonal relationships and family interaction, 
you're not going to be able to help that family heal. That's very I true. I totally agree. Um, and uh, I don't know if I would be okay with Paul remarrying if Elizabeth died. Well, yeah, yeah, not not to get morbid, but I had this. I actually had this talk with my husband, um, basically the night before he died. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. um, and his words to me basically were, "If you don't find find happiness and remarry again, or find someone else again, I will haunt you." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That speaks to the love he had for you, Pam. Yes. He wants you to be happy. Walter Bubu wants you to be happy, too. Walter Bubu is looking at God knows what. He's got his, (laughs) you know, Walter gets into these little um, predicaments where he gets very stubborn. (laughs) Where, like, like for example, if he's hidden a cookie and you know, and he knows where it is and he wants you to get it for him, Mm -hmm. he will. sit down over it and bark and look at you until you do it. (laughs) Yes. Even though he can get it himself. Anyway. Anyway, I know we're at past time, but this has been a really good discussion. And um, Lori noted it speaks of uh, your husband's sense of humor also, Pam, that he he was joking that he would haunt you if you denied yourself happiness. So, um, He and his brother were hysterical on that. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, a story for another um, time. And we'll be back next week to we talk are. about we will. chapter 21. 21. Um, and it should be, that's good. That's uh, kind of an interesting one, too, because we're traveling for next one. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll have more to share on that. Mm-hmm. And and Cheryl had noted most of the married women I know do not want to be married again if their spouse died. Why? Uh, the pickings are awful nowadays. Yeah, it's hard. Oh well, yeah, one of the, weird, the weirdest thing is trying to um, dating is very different now than it was forty years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people set up on blind dates. I hate blind dates. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've been on two, and they've both been horrible. So, <laughs> and I but see Floor joined us. Hello, Floor. We're actually wrapping Hi, up the podcast, but we had a really good discussion today about Chapter Twenty. So, you make sure you uh, check out the check out the uh, recording. Um, Absolutely. Really, it's much different than last week. We'll just say that. Yeah, yeah there were there were no, there were no Chippendales in this particular chapter. <laughs> right, no Chippendales. Uh, lots of lots of love and grace and kindness and mm-hmm. um, reflections on uh, the grieving process. So, yeah. and as Anna noted, hospice is also priceless, which is incredibly true. Um, I can't say enough good things about that program. Neither and can I. Uh, Lori says thank you so much, ladies. I appreciate you, and we appreciate I all really of appreciate you for joining us. Too. And so, so glad you could join us, Cheryl. Come back next week. Um, glad we could make your uh, visit to the hair salon entertaining. Yes. <laughs> so today I'm going to leave you with a, uh, a, a a song from Yes. I've seen all good people. Oh, one, good of, one of my high school anthems. So anyway, have a great <laughs> week, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> yes. Take care.